generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome back. You were listening to another episode of KeepTheChange.co.nz's Money Mail. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for increasing your learning, your ability in the financial space. You can pass some of this education down. If you would like to do that as well, please leave a review or chuck something on your social media about what you've been getting out of Keep the Change. That would mean a lot to me. I hope you have been keeping well out there. We're diving into a topic we haven't spoken about much recently, and I started writing about this for you. I told you in the last Money Mail that I shot off to Australia, and often what I like to do is try and stay off the screen in front of me on the old Air New Zealand uh, seat and get into a bit of my head. Not a great place to go sometimes. Probably good if you're a psychologist, but maybe even not for them, but in there, I have some ideas and some of the things that I like to write about. And I think, righto, now is the time as I have less distractions. I might chuck on some tunes and I'll get to writing and finishing some of these money mails that I may have started. Now, last week, I was writing about something that some of you call Bitcoin, some of you call shitcoin, and we'll get into that too. And then it all just exploded this week. And I'm recording this ahead of money mail going out, but things can change very, very quickly in this space. So we'll dive straight in and I'm going to talk to you about some of the things that I think about in this space that I won't in the written version. So you're going to get a little bit more in depth with this one. But I've called this Wanted, Dead or Alive. You might be surprised to know that Bitcoin is up over a hundred percent this year alone. So that's a double. You're thinking, wait, what? By the time you read this or listen to this, yes, there could be a wild swing in the price and that percentage may not be accurate. Now, this is the 25th of October as I record this. But at the time of writing this and recording this, Bitcoin is still doing its thing. And hell, from Friday last week, when I started to write this piece, so that's on the plane, to Tuesday this week, and it's now Wednesday, Bitcoin had rocketed up 17%. 
So by the time, again, you read or listen to this, who knows what the hell will have happened. That is the nature of this Bitcoin beast. Now, although there hasn't been all of the sexy chat about it this year, and if anything, it's probably just been negative news about it sort of crumbling at the start of the year and a big court case with an evil type person uh, that was doing bad things and people lost their money and different things going under, Bitcoin has been one of the best performing assets, I know some people won't like it to be called an asset, this year in terms of increasing in value year to date. That might surprise some of you because you probably haven't heard about it for a while. But for many people, they believe that Bitcoin is a store of value, a store of wealth, somewhere they can store their cash over time and beat the impact of inflation. Why that relates to last week is that we were speaking about inflation and how much cash can be eroded by leaving it under the mattress. Now this is why some people think I will park my cash in Bitcoin and then I'll be protected by inflation because it will go up over time. Now let's just remove the word Bitcoin and insert New Zealand housing and all of a sudden it makes a lot of sense. That's what people have been doing in New Zealand for some time. Subconsciously rushing to buy property because it continues to go up because inflation is killing the dollar and purchasing power and the safest place for people to park it is into ownership of a property over time and hence why number continued to go up, bank let you have more money, buy second one, or I like it, now third one, all of a sudden you're like Scott Muirson who I know won't mind me taking the piss out of him and you've got multiple bloody rental properties, right? But that's kind of been the tried and true thing and For a lot of people, they're like, oh, this Bitcoin thing, it's fucking wild, and you shouldn't compare it to property. Yes, let's just look at the principles. Because for some people, they believe that Bitcoin is a store of value. They don't live in New Zealand. They might not have the same environment as you, and they're thinking, hmm, that seems to be limited in supply, and somewhere where I can park my money over time and dollar cost average in slowly, and hopefully... I won't get smashed like I would if I stayed in this currency and kept this cash under the mattress. Now hopefully that helps you sort of understand where some people come at a mindset level of why they want to buy Bitcoin. Because the beautiful thing about markets and assets is that no one cares what you think. They are priced by what the market wants to do. Now there's a huge amount of people that think that crypto and Bitcoin is highly dangerous and risky and don't touch it because it could go to zero and it hasn't been around long enough for us to understand what could happen. And they could be right. But there are equally, well, there are also a lot of people that are like, well, I'm happy to take a risk. And they're happy to transact and buy Bitcoin and do those things and invest in it. So this is the beautiful thing about the world and finance and, and, and markets and things like that. Because you all get to decide like what you do with it. And that's a pretty cool, fascinating part of life. But also means that you have to educate yourself and then not get too bogged down in the hindsight stuff where you didn't take an opportunity or you did take one and it didn't go the way that you wanted it to go. Because this shit is just constantly always changing. You know, imagine if you just brought Bitcoin last week, because why not? Uh, or even you won some of, some of it gambling online for instance and you got paid out in crypto and you're sort of like oh shit how do I get this off the internet but then you didn't 
And then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, this Bitcoin's now worth 17% more. You've probably just fluked that timing, right? But you know that's then going to impact you. And those are those little things that can attract people to investing or keeping an eye on markets or learning more about the stuff because everybody's involved in different aspects for different reasons and you get to choose what those things are or what things you invest in, where you'd like to park your money or taking a bet on your own education and things like that. So as I say, some people hope that Bitcoin is a safe haven against not only inflation but all of the movements in currencies. Other people think it's dangerous, rat poison, fool's gold, fake money, a scam, a Ponzi, take your pick. Some people want Bitcoin alive, others want it dead. You don't always need to take a side with this stuff, and instead, you can choose to observe what's going on. Now this Bitcoin thing has been around since 2009, so for those who don't like it, they'll be a bit peeved that they can't seem to shake it, and that it keeps popping back up and getting media attention, and increasing in value, and doubling in in a year-to-date, and being one of the best-performing assets. That must be massively frustrating for them. But, you know, for other people, they don't care. They're just like, well, this is just another form of asset or investment class, asset class. What can I learn about it? Now, it's just over three years since I first brought some Bitcoin for myself to see how it worked. I brought further amounts during that time using a New Zealand exchange. That exchange is called Easy Crypto. I've done a podcast on how I bought Bitcoin and the tools that I used so that I could learn the process because I was curious, what is going on with all this shit? You know, what don't I know? And I had exposure to it earlier on in my career and kind of done the, oh God, I don't I another thing to learn about. Bloody hell, I'm sick of learning. You know, I've done four years of uni and all this accounting study and leave me out of that. And then I was inquisitive enough to be like, okay, what what is going on over here? And why, why are people thinking like this? And for me, I like to try and look down on things and go, huh, okay, you know, why are people making the decisions that they're making? Or what could I learn by the behavior uh, people are making here? But it's been three years And interestingly, I have a calendar reminder for myself from three years ago, each October to the the date to remind me to think, huh, okay, what have I learned in that time? What's happened to it? Is it still here? What are people saying about it? So it's interesting that it's been near on three years. And then this week, there's, you know, this this rally of about 17% of the stuff. So you know, it's, it's funny uh, how timing goes with this, but not all of the Bitcoin that I brought has gone up in value. I've still brought some that's gone down. So in the money mail, I say some of the Satoshis, which is Satoshi is the smallest denomination of the current uh, cryptocurrency called Bitcoin. They're now worth more, but many are worth less. This probably again highlights the importance of dollar cost averaging and staying consistent with your investing, no matter what you're investing in. As an example, if you brought at the height of the Bitcoin boom in late 2021, when everything was going nuts, remember, just like property in New Zealand, you'd have paid over $80,000 NZ for one whole Bitcoin. If you're still holding that one Bitcoin today at around $57,000 New Zealand at the time of recording, it could have changed by the time you listen to this, you've lost money on paper. 
and probably don't give two shits that Bitcoin has gone up over 100% this year, do you? But if you brought at the start of this year when Bitcoin was around $26,000, I'm pretty sure you'd be pretty happy that you've more than doubled your money. Trying to time anything perfectly probably requires some insider knowledge or, more likely, a huge fluke. This is why seasoned investors, again, in any asset, suggest buying regularly to smooth your entry price. Now, by no means am I telling you to go out and invest in Bitcoin, but I am highlighting the fact that this is how people can make sense of investing in nearly anything if the value is increasing up and to the right over the long term, i.e. New Zealand houses. Often, houses are just boxes of sticks, but we assign all this value to them and all this emotional value and the fact that I can't be kicked out by a landlord, etc., etc. All of those things give something value. But think about it. How often do you see a house just getting bold? We had a developer on here recently. Oh, we'd bowl the house down and build four. You just, sorry, you bowl over one of New Zealand's most valuable assets. Uh, yeah, okay, well, that doesn't make any sense. I thought they were really valuable. Now, it's kind of blowing all of my thinking about housing, hasn't it? Maybe it's the land that's the valuable bit. Oh, okay. Well, also, they can see how they can turn it into even more value by building on top of it. Same developer also said to me, oh, we moved a house off of property. I said, oh, what do you get for a house when you move it off of the land? Oh, 30 to 40 grand? Sorry, what? 30 to 40 grand, is that all that that wood frame that was moved somewhere else is worth? Now, value is always moving depending on the person who uses it, right? Because then when that house then gets put on a piece of land somewhere, it might become a home to them. It might become the most amazing thing that they've ever had and now it's got plumbed in water and it's got gas and it's got electricity. The value is going to change, right? But What I'm trying to say here is that anyone can make sense of investing when something continues to move up and to the right and things continue to go up in value. It becomes very hard when things are choppy and I think that's part of why a lot of people hate Bitcoin because there's so much risk and you might get skinned by a massive movement. What I'm saying is how investors teach us is dollar cost average in. So maybe with a Bitcoin, for instance, buy every single day to smooth your entry price because at the start of the year you might have brought some Satoshis at $26,000 for a whole one. Today you'd be buying them for fifty two, but your $26,000 ones are now worth double and even if your 52s, let's say, or your 57s today go down by half, you know, you're then offset by the ones that you were buying at the start of the year. So that's what dollar cost averaging is all about. But these wild swings as well, They got me thinking more about tax implications for everyday Kiwis. And I think it's very timely that we had Jody on the podcast to talk about Bitcoin and the tax rules around that. Because recent data suggests that 1 in 10 Kiwis have some form of cryptocurrency. Now I posted about Bitcoin increasing in value on Keep the Change Instagram the other day. And if you're not connected on there, get in there because often I just dump out some random thoughts and have some rants and get ideas from you guys for more content and you really help me out. So please, please do that because I like to expand on some of these things. And this post was seen by, what have we got here? 16,000 people, 138 people sent it around. They sent the 
image around. I didn't even know that. I'm only looking at these for the first time. 30 comments there. Um, 16,000 followers, effectively, or 15,698, 420 non-followers. That's nearly, what is that, 15 divided by 25. That's a shit ton of the amount of Keep the Change followers that there are. You know, just about 6 in 10 are effectively seeing what is is going on there in terms of that post. Now, people are obviously fascinated by that, and I thought, it seems like more than 1 in 10 Kiwis would have crypto, but the data that came out recently that I was reading said that that's about it. But this may continue to increase as more KiwiSaver providers look to include some form of cryptocurrency, uh, as more people get FOMO because of the price going up. Make your own decisions, you know, don't just use FOMO to be the thing that drives you to buy something. Same thing with property, for instance, I recently had a chat with someone younger and they were saying to me, man, you know, a heap of my friends, they all brought at the height of the market because they were so scared they were never going to be able to buy a house and the whole reason that they brought was so that they could have their own place, you know, all the classic things um, and now they have to have flatmates because they can't afford the mortgage so the whole, like, oh, I'm buying this so we can live on our own and have our own place and that's the dream Kiwi thing. Now they're back to having to have a flatmate or a boarder and have somebody you know, in their house because they can't meet the repayments. But did they really want that house? Uh, were they rushing because of FOMO? Whatever, who cares? In general, FOMO as a driver is not a good thing for us to be using as a key data point to making decisions. So be careful when FOMO is something that's driving you, whether it's your friends or family buying something, you're like, oh, I need to get one of those as well, or I should be investing in that too. You know, be careful, go back to, do I, did I even want that? You know, do, do they know what they're doing? You know, why have they got that membership now, or why have they brought that jet ski or whatever? FOMO is a dangerous, dangerous driver. But anyway, many Kiwis, back to this, many Kiwis seem to think that cryptocurrencies are anonymous, they're untaxed, they're untraceable, the list goes on, Right. So that's why I sat down with Jody, the ex-IRD investigator, and asked her some of these things. How does the IRD know whether you've got crypto, and do they? Well, Clue, remember that New Zealand exchange I mentioned above, Easy Crypto? They probably just ask them for a list of people who brought it or sold it. Yep, they can do that. The IRD have got pretty strong powers. So what are your tax obligations? How do you return the income or the loss? And the fact is that one in 10 of you probably need to listen to this and I'd imagine in the Keep the Change audience it's probably higher than 10% too because we've probably got that audience where they're looking for different things to get exposure to and you want to make sure that you understand your obligations in that space because the IRD can get information as Jody explains to us in the podcast and it sounds like this Bitcoin thing may be here for some time so you might as well learn some of the basics as well. I even spotted recently a Bitcoin ATM in a dairy. So I might have to go and try using that to see what I can learn. How I go whack a little bit of bit of coin in there, a bit of New Zealand money and see well what happens? Like how does this thing work? And then I can maybe report back and do a money mail on that as well. So, you know, that's why you listen to this. So I go and take all the fucking loose risks and uh, blow my cash and come back and tell you, don't do that. Well, it seemed to work okay. But anyway, three years on since I've brought some Bitcoin for myself and I've learned more about the space of opened my mind to why people might be doing it. I've then listened to other people talk about why not to, and I'm, I'm happy to, to be wrong. And I think that's the, 
caveat for me too is that you know I have been buying a Bitcoin this year every week, not every week of the year, but weekly to dollar cost average into the market because I want to have some so that I have exposure to it as part of a diversified portfolio. However, I'm happy to wake up one morning and read that it was all a giant scam and the whole thing just gets turned off and you've lost all your cash. And that could actually be that a government confiscated or whatever, right? And I will have to go, ah, well, well, Luke, you knew that that was your worst possible outcome, so suck it up, buddy. Now, hindsight, Luke will be able to be like, told you you shouldn't have fucking put any money in that, et cetera, et cetera, and your hindsight mates as well if that was to happen. But often what I like to do is think, am I happy to take this risk and what is the ultimate downside, whether it's investing into any form of share uh, or crypto, etc. Because yes, it is safe and easy in New Zealand, for instance, to go and buy a property and... Well, it's not easy anymore, is it? But you know what I mean? It's the It's been the thing to do that's safe and easy. So then we teach everyone, go and do that, which I understand. And that's cool. That makes sense. History backs that up. It's the inflation hedge. So the answer to a lot of the problems in this country, kind of like buy property and land, and you've got a heap of people that can then go, why, why do you need Bitcoin when you can kind of do this over here? But if that doesn't interest you, you've got to find other things that you want to learn about and potentially invest in as well. So I put my hand up and say, as I have on Pods, that I own Bitcoin. I don't own a full one. I, you know, I own some Satoshis. So I'm happy to learn about this space, but I wasn't an early adopter. I'm not copping 11,000% gains since its inception in about 29, or 2009 or whatever it is. Um, but you know, I'm one of the one in 10 Kiwis that is sitting on some crypto. So you know, I need to understand my obligations, hence why I got Jody on the podcast, just like you do as well if you hold this stuff. And if you haven't listened to the podcast of Jody, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, tune into that. You'll learn something. That podcast flies by really quickly as well. To the moon, as they say in the crypto space. I don't stray, I yeah, I don't stray away from sort of the main crypto, so I don't know. So please don't message me and be like, bro, look, have you fucking looked into XRP, man? No, I haven't. I don't know what you're talking about. And whatever the other one of the 3,998 other cryptos there are, or however many there are, probably haven't looked into. I've got some Bitcoin and some Ethereum, and that's uh, that's about me. I learned some stuff about Cardano because you could stake it and you could get some returns back from that as well or whatever. But eventually, with all this shit, as I try and explain to you, it's just noise. It's off to the side. Focus back on yourself your own earning potential, uh, the things that you truly do understand. But yes, you can learn about the stuff. The information is there and you won't be the only one doing it. One in 10 Kiwis are doing it. And there is a New Zealand-based exchange called Easy Crypto and they've facilitated, facilitated over $2.4 billion in crypto sales in the first five years of their business. I'd be one of those, but I definitely haven't done $2.4 billion. But basically what that's saying is that through their exchange... So I'll get to that in a second. So through their exchange, people have brought and sold over $2.4 billion worth of crypto. And that's a little little old New Zealand company. I shouldn't say little old because that's kind of, that sounds mean you're talking them down. Like that's some big shit, man. That's pretty cool that they've gone, right, let's make it easier for people to buy and sell crypto if they want to. 
So shout out to Janine and the team. If anyone's connected with Easy Crypto, love to get, I think I'm pretty sure it's Janine, on the podcast to have yarn about this stuff. And I'm always looking for women that are kicking ass in the financial space as well. We've interviewed some weapons, talked to them, and I've got some more to come as well. So if you do know some people who are doing cool shit out there, then please, you know, let me know who they are so that I can hopefully sit down with them at some stage as well. And, you know, just so you understand, when I go and interview these people, we usually do two podcasts and that costs me $1,500. That comes out of my pocket. For me, that's an investment. That's an investment into all of you. That's an investment into karma. That's an investment into adding value. That's an investment into the future value of myself as well and those relationships and the fact that I know that that money will come back at some stage. But this shit doesn't just happen and it doesn't just happen for free. If you do know some really cool people that other people could be learning from, please you know, send over their Instagram or something or just give me a bit of a spiel on, on perhaps why and happy to take some money out of my own pocket to spend some time with them so that I can interview them pay to have it all chopped up and out for you guys and you blitz through it in 30 minutes on double speed and go, oh, cool, next podcast for me. Meanwhile, I am then out there hustling in the world trying to recover that cash. But that's all good. That's my choice. That's an investment, like I say, just like putting money into Bitcoin, etc. I have to understand the risk that that may not come back. Is that okay? Yeah, because I think abundantly and it is what it is. So anyway, Easy Crypto, they're doing some cool shit in the space. New Zealand-based company, that made me feel a bit safer about buying some of my transactions because I thought, well, you know, I hope Kiwis don't really rip people off and they would, they'd been doing it for years by the time I finally got around to buying some. They had great resources on what to do with it once you had it. I made a fuck up one time as well and they sent me some instructions of what I was supposed to do and what I could do and they really, really helpful. Now, what you do, the best way it was explained to me is that Easy Crypto is an exchange, so it's like the on-ramp and the off-ramp to the motorway. Now, that's all they do. Now, once you're on the, on the motorway, that is the, your wallet, effectively. So they'll help you get money in and out of your wallet, but you need a wallet to start with. So you can't just go to them and be like, hey, can you please help me buy some Bitcoin? They'll be like, cool, where are we going to send it? And you'll be like, I don't know what you mean. Send it back to me. Yep, well, where's that going to live? So it's a little bit like the motorway is a little bit like your physical wallet that you have at your house. You know, you might have one of those and you might want to put some money in it or you might just carry it in your pocket. But say you have a wallet, you're going to need a wallet to put your Bitcoin in. So Easy Crypto are going to help you get on and off. And there's other places you can do it too. And I don't know the best one, so don't need to mess with me like, bro, you should be using these guys, man. Their fees are, okay, cool. Like, I, you know, I, sorry, I don't know that. I didn't do that level of research. So yes, there may be some better easy cryptos, but that's what I did. So I just speak from my experience. And then, yeah, the motorway is where the, the cryptocurrencies sort of live and they're floating around on there. And those wallets can take different forms or shapes. And they could be on your phone, on your laptop, for instance, or it could be that you have a, cold storage and you might even that so that's like a you let's say like a usb stick where you can store it on there so it's physical and you really need to then if you're going to do this stuff you need to understand the security around this shit because that's what can happen you can lose your phone you can lose your laptop uh, all those sorts of things or even 
your your hard wallet or your hardware wallet, I think is the terminology, and all of a sudden you, you know your crypto could be gone forever. And in twenty five thousand years, someone's going to be like, "Oh, this dickhead lost half a bitcoin and it was worth this, and now it's worth this." And you're like, "Oh my god, how that?" Well, you won't because you'd be dead. But someone will be like, "What the fuck? How could they do that?" So you really need to understand the security. But like I say, Easy Crypto, the exchange, and this is not sponsored by them, but I've mentioned them about forty six thousand times. I'm happy to talk about people that have made my life easier and things that I actually use. So that's usually, if I'm talking about something a lot, what it is so that you know, well, that's what you did because that's my experience. I don't like talking about things that I don't use and I've been asked to promote things previously and I'm like, I don't use your product and I probably won't use it. So no, I don't really want you to pay me $200 to fucking talk about it for you. That's not really what I'm up to. But anyway, um, so... Yeah, you can use them to get on and off the on-ramp as such. But anyway, they've got all of that information on their website, and that's where I did a lot of my learning, including some YouTube videos and stuff before going, right, I might buy a tiny amount to test this, and does it work? Like, oh, okay, well, that was really easy. And then slowly increase the amounts. But by no means am I a crypto millionaire or anything stupid, but I have spent some time and some money in this space to learn more about it. And I'm not suggesting that you do, and listening to this podcast and the one with Jody could be, you know, all you need to do to satisfy your itch. It is the crypto space. But be careful because if this thing keeps increasing in value, we're going to get some FOMO, we're going to get some hindsight, all of those emotional drivers that are going to encourage people to think, oh, I should have done that, etc., etc. But the noise will increase as well. Anyway, be good out there. I'll see you next week. But does he know you can-